Hey guys, welcome to the Leadership to Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Neil D'Souza. We've got an, another great guest lined up for you. Uh, he is the founder of LFY Consulting. He's a leadership and career coach, talent development, uh, executive, international speaker, and the live Live for Yourself Revolution podcast. His mission is to guide and empower leaders toward becoming the leader of their own careers and create a career that they can love. Our guest today, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Doc, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I think I'm going to write a new bio and it's just going to say, Ben, he does stuff. Welcome. <laughs> like that's, that's going to be it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, today's show, Ben, he does stuff. <laughs> Take a listen Wait. if you like doing stuff too. <laughs> so, uh, doctor, doctor of what? Doctor, uh, a TV show doctor. And I started, no, not at all. I am a doctor of organizational leadership. And I call myself a self-proclaimed values geek. I wish they had an award with that title uh, because I, I am. Yeah. I'm pretty much a values geek. I live my life in with the ideology that fulfillment comes from value alignment and did my doctoral re research on the relationship between job satisfaction and values congruence uh, for senior healthcare leaders specifically. Yeah. Uh, okay. I got to say that most kids don't grow up thinking, hey, you know what I want to be? I want to be a, uh, I want to have a doctorate in organizational, what was it again? Organizational leadership. I have a, a couple different degrees. People leadership. were like, what are those names? I went. I remember when I went to grad school, got my MBA, my MPH. First people were like, MPH, what is that? I said, don't worry. It's about. It's, it's not about cars. It's, a, it's Masters of Public Health. And then I ended up doing my MBA in entrepreneurial management. And at that time, I think entrepreneurship still didn't really hit mainstream. And people were like, what what are you doing? So I just have a knack for getting degrees that people don't know what they are just for fun. I think I just like confusing people. Well, what, what got you to go down that road in the first place? Yeah. So this, uh, actually this like pivot or this new path, uh, relates directly to my, my philosophy around what our career should be and mm -hmm. how we need to be our own leaders. How we need to be proactive instead of reactive to the opportunities that we create instead of are given when it comes to our professional life. It is such a significant portion of who we are, where we spend our time, our community, where we get enjoyment from, uh, and the wealth that we can create for ourselves. Mm. Uh, so I was actually working in healthcare at the time. I was working there for about seven years, pretty much a victim of my own self. I blamed the organization, I blamed my leadership, for how I felt. And I became really resentful towards what anyone would call work at the time. And it was a pretty negative place to be. Uh, luckily, I had a little bit of a wake up call that highlighted that I was being that victim, that I was being reactive, and that I actually had more control than I thought that I did at the time. And so that allowed me to do a career audit and figure out where I really wanted to spend my time moving forward. So what I was passionate about, what I was good at, what I wanted to learn, and really kind of work backwards from that, you know, what, what kind of impact do you, well, do, did you have at the, at the point of when you're retiring and come to the conclusion that I wanted to be on this specific path. Now, there are other interests and values and such that I've created along the way, like I've gotten involved in the Better For You CPG space, recently built a network within the psychedelic industry. Uh, and it's, it all relates to my values, my interests, my passions, but more importantly, you know, where I want my career to go. But when I was at that place in healthcare, I was pretty much living in a world where I did not think that you had that choice. And I had a lot of disappointments in my professional life that led me to believe that, you know, it just, it just what it is what it is. Um, I can go through those disappointments, but I think it's more important that just because you've experienced something doesn't mean that it has to be your story moving forwards. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've, I've got to ask this question because we, we, this is sort of a common theme in, in terms of where, People bump up against some sort of difficulty. And you talked about feeling like a victim. Why is it that we go there? Can you say something about that? 
Why is it that we go to the victim card rather than to, you know, uh, to the conqueror to let me go create something? Why, why do we have this tendency to, to want to go to that victim card? Even, even when you've had success in areas, when something difficult happens, we find that people tend to want to, myself included, want to play the victim card. Yeah, it's the same reason why when someone has an opposing view to us, we get angry at them. And it's because we're trying to protect our identity, trying to protect ourselves. Yeah. And so, so being a victim is, it's not my problem. It's not my fault. I don't have to do anything. I'm great. I'm perfect the way that I am. And I should be, I should be given the things that I need. And because I'm not, it's everybody else's fault. I'm, I, I'm not the one at fault. Right. The, there's really two main things that my coaching programs really create. I talk about self-leadership, but, and there's like different pillars that relate to you developing as a self-leader, but truly what they do is they, they make you accountable to what you want to achieve. So you are the only one responsible for your success. And we, you know, we can redefine success because it's not actually about reaching the mountaintop. I believe it's more so living a life in alignment with your values, but it also empowers you. So it says, yes, you are responsible, but you have permission. And one of the main reasons why people get held back is not always because they don't feel like they're responsible, but it's because they have to, they feel like they have to stay in their lane. And when you truly accept the fact that you are accountable and empowered to create the career and the life that you want for yourself, all the doors open up. Because then when you when a door gets closed, you go, oh, so this path, this path isn't the right one right now. But I see all these other doors I can go down. Because there's there's literally an infinite amount of ways to achieve anything. Yeah. Yeah. I why why is it so difficult for us to be accountable for for ourselves, our decisions, our life? <laughs> that is a very good question. That is a very good question. <laughs> it I, it so is, isn't if it? We, if we yeah, if we look at the the three pillars of self-leadership. And so the first reason why it's hard to be accountable is because we have no idea what we want. Yeah. And if I, if I look at back at my career, uh, the things that I found to be pretty disappointing, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. It was the first thing I wanted to do. No one stopped me and was like, hey, Ben, maybe you shouldn't dedicate your life to this thing <laughs> that has a very small percent chance of you achieving. Uh, because it wasn't just, I said, you know, I'm saying I committed to it, dedicated my life to it. I literally dedicated my life to it. So I didn't have certain friends. I didn't go party only thing I watched on TV were VHS recordings of myself playing soccer or other games. Like the books I read were all about the sport. It was a is unhealthy commitments, by the way. I don't suggest anyone do that if they're trying to achieve something. There's a level of commitment that is that is going to get you to where you want to go. And then anything above that is actually probably just like a, a, a lost, uh, lost investment. Uh, but if that that was clarity, but it wasn't actually truth. So I knew where I wanted to go, but I didn't, it didn't actually matter to me. So eventually I ended up burning out, not caring as much about it, doing it because of social and, you know, social and peer pressures and such. And so when we talk about career clarity, what we're really talking about is what do you care about personally? So going back to that value piece, how do you define them? And so if you define them, you have to explore what those are. And then how do you align them in your life? And then what experiences might you want to have because of them? That's clarity. So what do you stand for and what do you might what do you want to experience? If you have that clarity, you can work backwards and start creating some goals. If you have goals, then now you're going to start holding yourself accountable. But very often people say, I want to create this thing. I want to be extremely wealthy. I want to be a leader. Great. What does that mean? When? How? With who? Why? And if we can define those things, then we can say, oh, great, you didn't achieve it. Instead of, I want these things, but I don't know when. So then you can never really hold yourself accountable to it. Mm. Yeah, you're getting into some really great stuff right off the get-go. And uh, guys, I hope you're listening into this conversation because I think it can flesh out something for all of us in those areas that, you know, we play the victim card, those areas that maybe we don't take the accountability that um, the responsibility that we need to take. And, And so... Uh, please listen up, continue to listen in and, uh, you know, you can 
uh, go check out uh, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Go find him on uh, on LinkedIn. We'll put the links below all, all the his social media. But let, let's continue to look at this for a second. Ben, it, this is something that we see in all sorts of areas. We see it in whether it be uh, people's careers, their jobs, whether it be entrepreneurship, you know, all these different areas, whether it be family, uh, you, you know, just just trying to have a relationship and getting married um, or having kids, all of these areas, we see this thing where, where the fear tends to stand in the way of people taking that kind of responsibility. They, it stands, whatever the goal is, it seems too in, uh, what's the word, insurmountable to, to really climb, you know, you referred to the mountain. I don't think I can ever get there. And so they, they never even try. And for some reason, as, as a species, we tend to say, okay, that's fine. You know, you don't have to try. And we tend to pat one another on the back and say, it's all right. Why, can you say something to that? Something about the, our psychology, something that you've noticed in in coaching people, training people to overcome these things, what you see as sort of the barrier for most people in when they're trying to bring clarity, right? When they're, there's that battle between clarity and truth. Can you say something about what it is that it takes to to be able to move in that direction? Yeah, before I talk about clarity specifically, I want to talk about fear because yeah. I think this is really important. I was just right. talking about this literally yesterday with a client. I'm afraid already. <laughs> Wait, can we pause for a second? Uh, do you have a fear, like an, an, an irrational fear that you have? I'd love to hear what it Ooh, is. Oh, I've got an absolute. I've got an absolute irrational fear. Yes, <laughs> I've got a uh, a phobia of sharks. It, it's no way. So Absolutely. It's so irrational that um, if I'm in a blow up uh, pool, like three feet deep in the backyard, if I'm in it, I had this happen with my kids when they were small. My wife took them out of the pool, took them into the house, and I just sat in this three feet of water. And then I stuck my head under the water and immediately in the back of my head, what if there was a shark in here? <laughs> And I pulled my head out of the water and I thought, that is the dumbest thing ever. And, but it, it just highlighted for me how irrational it, it can be. So you said irrational. There you go. I can, yeah, I can swim is, in a heated pool by myself and, and in the back of my mind, what if there's a shark in here? This is absolutely amazing. This is not planned listeners. I have the same exact irrational fear and I've, I've given a presentation on this. This is how how irrational that it is it's so silly come on ben I, you and i no, are never curious. going swimming together this is amazing well it doesn't it doesn't sound like it stops you from going into a pool it doesn't stop me from going swimming but it's yeah. always in the back of my mind there's and i could i remember this i was swimming laps and i remember specifically thinking there's like other people in the pool and then one person leaves another person leaves there's nobody in this gigantic limit sized pool it's like a shark is going to kill me <laughs> this is like <laughs> where is this coming from i'm in a pool <laughs> like this makes no sense uh yes absolutely yes that's hilarious okay so I, I i'll tell you a funny story i was on my honeymoon yeah. many moons ago and um my wife and i go snorkeling and we're we're just swimming in the ocean and we're looking down and and you know you're trying to be all manly and everything um and I look down and I see these fish. Oh, look at these beautiful fish. And there's some fish that are a little bit larger. And then I think, you know, bigger fish eat those fish like sharks. <laughs> and then I try to raise my head. But of course, I've got flippers on. So instead of my head coming up out of the water, my head goes down into the water along with my snorkel. I start breathing in water. I start choking. I, and I uh, I get out of the water or I lift myself up. And uh, luckily, my wife was still looking in the water, snorkeling away, and she was fine. And uh, here I was, a uh, big, strong guy choking on the water because I was worried about the sharks. So that was that was my reaction. 
it is it is a strange rational fear but absolutely it, it's interesting how it also though doesn't prevent you from acting right yeah and so fear is is information it's an emotion yes yes it's an indicator to pay attention very often fear. it gets confused with Ooh, wait wait i want to i want to reiterate this one yeah. fear is information guys write that one down that is so powerful because you can you can do anything you want with information most importantly mm -hmm. analyze it and see its value sorry please carry on yeah all, all of our inputs are information that we feel we just give them definitions and we apply importance to them more than others it doesn't mean that they are and so people that are not acting because of fear are choosing not to act because of certain information the power of clarity and from clarity comes confidence by the way and we'll talk about that in a second is that clarity defines what you believe is most important what those values are what those goals are not how to achieve them but the fact that you are going to achieve them that is very that's a very important distinction not Ooh, say that again yeah not how you're going to achieve them but that you're going to achieve them the how is variable that depends on your circumstances your environment your resources your community etc and so but once you make the commitment to the i am going to achieve this when you feel fear that is information and because your commitment is so much stronger than that level of information that fear does not cause you to stop acting it doesn't prevent you from acting the same reason why I'll swim for a workout or go with my friends to Barton Springs in Austin and jump into the natural spring. The same reason why you'll snorkel is because that fear is not more important than the experience or the people that you're with. Yes. I wasn't going to let the fear keep me out of a three foot blow up pool in my backyard. <laughs> I mean, some people, some people though have certain yeah. extreme fears yes. that prevent them from doing things like that. And it's, I know what I'm talking about is a little bit more simplistic. It's not because you have some predetermined trauma that has impacted you where it's that that fear is stronger than a commitment. But mm -hmm. just if you take a step back and disassociate yourself from your current emotions or what you're what you know you're afraid of, no matter how traumatic your previous experiences were to create that fear, if you make a specific commitment and that commitment is stronger, emotionally stronger, or it's a choice stronger than that fear, you should still be able to act, even if it's a very, very small action. And those small actions right. can build up momentum and become large actions over time. Right. I, I had a coworker who, uh, you know, her brother, I think, threw a spider on her when she was a kid. And ever from that day on, she was always afraid of spiders. And it was so so bad for her that literally if you waved your hands like this she would it would trigger her and she would start freaking out um and she started getting really aggressive and i thought she was joking first time i did that i was like oh don't do this again um clearly there uh that was not something she really wanted to look at in, in terms of of uh the the truth or the information behind that yeah well you, you take those individuals though and find something they truly care about so for example i was working with someone and they had children and they they talked about their fear of water and they talked about yeah. their love of their kids and i said yeah what would happen if your kid was drowning in a pool w what would be yeah. more what would you be more afraid of and it's a terrible i mean it's uh, hopefully that never happens but I think put, when we think about the different circumstances we might be put in, in regards to our fear, what would be the circumstance that would allow us to say that this thing that I want is more important than being afraid? Absolutely. I've, I've literally had the nightmare where my kids were in the water and a great white shark was coming to eat them. And of course, I jumped in the water and uh, killed the shark. <laughs> oh yeah and it was so interesting to me because i woke up there wasn't anger there wasn't fear there was it was 
as simple as that there is no place where that that is a possibility that that shark gets to eat my kids my my brain couldn't even in my dreams my brain couldn't even resolve that that was a possibility and i thought that was really interesting especially as a parent but as a human being to think uh wow there there is that commitment for me as you were mentioning with kids with my kids there is that commitment that even with this this thing in the back of my head that is so strong that a grown man will jump out of a, a heated indoor swimming pool when it came to my kids there was there was no question about it so it's powerful it, it is powerful um i i always like to look at that and i've got a couple other instances where that's happened and it it has shown me the difference between you know the fears that just sit there and uh working with your commitment you know mm -hmm. really being in line with that i i want to ask you to go a little bit deeper about this you said it's not how but that you're going to achieve and in in the world of like i i was speaking at a uh, conference not long ago and uh, on real estate and it was interesting to me that and I, I run into this often where people will talk about what they want to achieve. They'll talk about, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And they're not talking about the how they're, they're just talking about, they're going to achieve this, but yet there's something in that where I've seen that so often that you doubt that they're actually going to take action on achieving that i don't i don't know what to do with that well i do have some thoughts on that but do you have any thoughts on right because i'm seeing that distinction i love i love what you're saying it, it it's not the how but i don't always see that play out where people say that yeah, it this is, is what i'm going to achieve it's it's not the how you're going to achieve it it's what you're going to achieve initially yeah and that's when it comes to commitment but you still need to define the how. Right. So the first aspect of clarity is what you want to <laughs> that, achieve and why a, you want to do it. Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> it's not the how, but you still have to you still have to identify the how. Yeah. Okay. So so the point of that is we're kind of talking about a couple of different things. The reason why we're focusing on the what right now is because that's where your commitment is is stems from. And honestly, it's not even the what, it's it's the why first and then it's the what. So if you think about this as a, okay, so how do I do this for myself? We figure out the why first. If you don't know the why, we can talk about how to get clarity when you don't have clarity. And I think that was a, the question before and we can get to that. But when you figure out your why, and I'll give an example for myself, then you figure out the what and then you figure out the how. The reason why you figure out the why first is because, well, let's say the what doesn't work out. You still have your why. Your why is your never-ending source of fulfillment and energy you're never supposed to achieve it you cannot physically achieve it universally it is just a place for you to gain happiness fulfillment and joy and challenge from the what is what you choose to focus on for your why it's the thing that you think exemplifies your why enough that you can put it into action and work towards it it's something that you care about the how is the path to achieve that that specific thing and the how can change dramatically over and over and over again. That's the beauty of it. Now, sadly, people tend to define success as the how. This is the thing that I'm working towards. It has, I have to work towards it in this way, as well as the, the specific thing they're trying to work for, the what. Now, that is, it can, it can ultimately be a self-fulfilling self -fulfilling negative prophecy if that's all you focus on. And if you don't achieve it, you then create negative limiting beliefs that mean you can never achieve right. it. And so all of a sudden now you're defeated, disengaged, and you feel like nothing is possible. Mm -hmm. And so for, for example, for myself, so one of my main values is health. And that can be mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, etc. And that value allows me to pick a variety of branches that lead to it that let me feel that I'm fulfilling it, that I can get, I can pull from that value and energize myself. But it also aligns with where I'm at in my life right now. 
So for example, I have a branch that goes to better for you health and wellness products where I'm an investor and a mentor. I have a branch that leads directly to my career path of leadership and career development and talent development consulting. I have a branch right now that I mentioned that goes into the psychedelic industry as well. And all of those are places where I find fulfillment. All of those places interest me. And one of those may be cut off and I may just figure out a different branch that I feel fulfills that value. Or maybe, right. for example, within the, let's say, the talent development consulting space, I have partnerships where I'm a leadership and executive coach. Maybe I have like four or five different ones that are maybe out, out, uh, out placement services or leader coaching or leader assessment, as well as I have places where I do corporate development workshops. Now, all those are different ways that I live true to my value that lead me towards my ultimate goal. Right. And that so, is so like, having this so unlimited like mindset. So like you're saying, say, for instance, myself being in real estate, it could be uh, one how could be, you know, flipping properties. Another how could be multifamily properties. Another how could be land development. You've got exactly. different hows, or right? Property okay. management and real estate. Property. Right, right. So and these are exactly. all dif different hows. Okay. Or, and it's it's hows are the paths and they can I mean how and what sometimes gets kind of alluded, right? Because the how is like maybe your daily task, your monthly goals, your weekly goals, the things that you do that are leading to the ultimate, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. So maybe as I want to flip this house, great. So then all the hows are, what are you going to do to flip that house? What are the specific yeah. goals that you're going to do towards that? Maybe right. it's that I want a variety of investment properties. Great. What do you need to do for that? And there's different. And so now all of a sudden, this idea of success can be variable depending on what you want it to be. And so instead of getting fulfillment just from the actual achievement, you're getting it from the fact that you're waking up each and every single day and doing something that you feel that you love. Okay, I've got I've got to ask you this question because I think the why is always an interesting one. And somewhere along the way, I I just start I sort of stopped trying to answer this question of why and and just sort of looked at what am I committed to? And, and I separated it because trying to figure out this, why is this important or why, why? And I found I just spent way too much time on that. So for instance, um, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get a motorcycle. I wanted to ride a motorcycle. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> Somewhere in there, I, it was interesting to me. And uh, I think I saw, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Tom Cruise in Top Gun back in the 80s. And he rode a motorcycle and he looked really cool. And so I wanted, I, I don't know exactly. But I know that that was something, it was on my list. And then I just pushed it off. And then at some point I thought, you know what? I don't think I care why I want a motorcycle. I'm just going to go put it out there and let's, let's go get one. And, or, or whatever these different items are, these things that you want in terms of wealth and uh, a Porsche or this or whatever it is. And I stopped trying to ask myself the why as much as put it on there and and continue to move forward from your commitment and because these things aren't like I found I could never figure out a why for why I wanted any of these things. And, and so I just thought, all right, we'll just put them on there and figure, figure out the why later. I find a lot of people can get stuck with the, with the why, or sometimes they spend so much time on trying to figure out the why that they never any, they never do anything. Any thoughts on that? If you want to ride a motorcycle, jump on that motorcycle and get after it. If yeah. you are trying to decide between a motorcycle, a boat, a plane, tropical island, you know, whatever it is, and you're stuck and you can only choose one, then sometimes it's important to sit back and say, well, what is really at the core of this? And I'd say, well, it's none of those things. It's actually adventure. Go do something fun and adventurous and stop caring about if it's a motorcycle or boat, a, a yes. plane or whatever it is. And it is. adventure is important to you. Yes. So go do it. Yes, yeah. you're right. And <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> well, it's, I think what, yeah. what tends to be the issue is if you feel stuck. And so if you're not feeling right. stuck, go live your life, go have fun. And if you're going, if you're living your life and having fun, 
I'm not telling you to get off your motorcycle, sit down and start journaling, like go on your motorcycle, you know, like go do your thing. We're talking really to the people that are are really confused and don't understand why they have everything or feel like they have everything or have a really good life and still feel like they have nothing. Yeah. And still feel like they're wasting their time. Right. Because there are people out there that are jumping out of planes and wing walking and riding their motorcycles and they're still just like, I feel empty. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think for most people, they think that that is the part that will bring them sort of that fulfillment, that joy. And when in reality, that is such a small moment, you know, back to your analogy about climbing a mountain, when you get to the peak, you're not there very long. 90%, 95% of the adventure was was all going up the mountain and then you get to the top you plant the flag hooray and now you start take some pictures and now you start figuring out how to get back down uh down the mountain to base camp right so but yet we we have this in our society where people think that it's about that moment on the top of the the mountain we're like enamored by it like we're we're like that's that's the thing. And so we start trying to make up stuff to pretend like we're at the top of some some mountain. Would would you agree with that? 100%. We're in a world of highlight reels and we have <laughs> way too much visibility into success and less visibility into day-to-day normalcy of individuals. And mm-hmm. it completely uh, makes us confused on where we and when we should be happy. One of the best <laughs> things I'm, I'm serious. We, yes. We, if, if we just turned off our phones, I'm not or got rid of social media. I'm, I'm not kidding. And we just stopped visibly seeing or hearing about someone that was more successful than us. Over time, you will, redefine what success is and success will be what you have or what you are striving for. This is unbelievably true. I've experienced it with a variety of different clients. I've done it for myself. If you surround yourself with definitions of success that do not align with where you're at, you will not feel successful. Hmm. And so if you're constantly looking at a mountaintop where you're not at and you don't have a plan to get to the top, you don't have a plan and you've, Maybe you've made the decision that you'll only be happy when you get to the top or you constantly look at other people's mountaintops and you will not be happy. It's just, it's sad, but it's true. It's like if, it's almost like, you know, having all this food in front of you, eating it, but never being full. It's, you're not actually valuing and taking the time to see what you currently have and to find enjoyment and fulfillment from it. You're not giving your yourself the ability to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Whew. Um, you've gotten into some pretty deep stuff and, and I'm thinking the vast majority of what you're sharing here, I didn't even realize was a thing until I was in my forties and then it started to switch over for me. But up until then I was in the middle of everything that, that you're talking about, chasing all of that. Couldn't, couldn't enjoy the food while I was eating it. Well, okay, maybe food, but other than food, you, you know, couldn't enjoy it. Um, you know, could I, like even this thing about the motorcycle, could I go buy a motorcycle? Of course I could go buy a motorcycle. <laughs> um, but it was like, um, I I was like, no, that that's supposed to be some sort of, uh, I've got to do this, this, and this, and then I can go buy myself a motorcycle. And... And I was like, why, why am I not motivated by that? And it honestly, it wasn't until, like I said, into my forties that I started changing that whole perspective and moving to sort of what, what am I committed to? And then these things are just all things along the way. And you realize I, I sort of stopped even caring about whether I got a motorcycle because I was having more fun just doing what I do every single day. And then somewhere along, actually, my neighbor, one of my neighbors actually mentioned that, hey, I've got this motorcycle, I bought a new one. And 
And that just sort of reminded me, oh yeah, I, hey, I want a motorcycle. And so um, I said, all right, I'm going to buy it from you. I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. I've got to go do lessons. I got to do all of that stuff. Sometime next year, I'll have that all under my belt and then I'll be able to ride a motorcycle. But it was, it just became something where, yeah, that is something that I want to do as opposed to something that I was trying to achieve. I don't know what that says, but yeah. that that's what, what I noticed along the way. You clearly have, have clued into a lot of these things at a much younger age. Um, and obviously in your study and you're teaching that to people and organizations. I think it's beautiful that the thing that you were striving for became something that you just wanted to experience, not something that you used to define your success by. Yeah. And that is something that I think we can all take a lesson from to say, what are the things that you're striving for? Do they, do they, are you letting them define you? Yeah. Or are you defining yourself as something greater? Because even the things you care about aren't greater than you because you created that thing. And this is a little bit of a, a mind blow. It's a little bit of a concept. So I'm going to repeat it. Yeah. The things it. that you think are important are still created by you. So they can never be more important than you. Yes. Yes. And we're all, I imagine if you listen to this, you're working hard, you're trying to you're trying to learn new things about yourself, develop professionally, develop personally. And that's amazing. That is incredible. Sometimes that we got to take a break and say, like, hey, I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> Just being who I am right now, outside yeah. of the things I want to achieve, I'm pretty awesome. And if if you have that, that that clarity of what you want to achieve and who you are and what you stand for, that develops into a sense of confidence of yourself. It allows you then to take action to hopefully have more control over your life and create an environment that serves what you care about. Mm -hmm. And and if you create an environment around yourself that serves you instead of makes you feel like you're not good enough, then you should technically wake up each and every single day and have a little bit more happiness than you would otherwise. And that's yeah. that's what I feel is important, by the way. And we, we all may have different things that we feel are, are the reasons for living and why why we get up and such. But we should enjoy our time here. Absolutely. I think one of the fundamental flaws that that people carry in their life is that they look at their achievements or what they have as the defining what defines them as successful when it really comes down to who you are. Because if you go out and you buy a BMW or Mercedes or a Ferrari or whatever, it's amazing. But who did you have to be to acquire that? But oftentimes people hold on to whatever that thing is so, so much that they're terrified to lose it because that's like their metal. You know, I, I drive a BMW, I drive a Ferrari. That's what makes me special they're terrified to lose it. And it's almost like you, you're holding on to the steering wheel too tight. And, and so I think there is something fundamental for people to realize that who you are is so much more powerful than any of those items. Because that's, as you said, um, what, who you've had to become to, to achieve those things. I think if we were put it in order, you know, be proud of yourself first. Yes. Be proud of your work. Well, I'd say even before that, be proud of yourself. And then if you value relationships or family, be proud of your relationships and family, like how you show up. Be proud of your work, proud of how you show up there. And then be proud of then be proud of your stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, come on. The the stuff is um I was telling someone there they were talking about an apartment building and i said who cares i mean it's great but you can hug an apartment building it can't hug you back what are we talking about here right like it's it's simply it's something that achieves a purpose for you whatever you're trying to achieve there and um so can you be proud of that but sure absolutely but it's really about who you had to be for yourself, for your life, for the people around you, like you just pointed out, proud of yourself, proud, proud of your family, proud of your work. And then the stuff just shows up inside of that.
Agree? Disagree? Yeah, and I'm constantly reminded of this experience I had once. I was sitting in Placencia, Belize, Belize on a picnic table, and we had a couple hours to kill, and so I was just kind of sitting there for a while, chatting with some friends, and throughout that entire time, there was a couple guys sitting to my left on a log just fishing. Didn't, <laughs> didn't look like they were super well-to-do. They looked like they, they probably didn't have much to do other than sit yeah. there and fish. Man, were they happy. And were they laughing and just surrounded by their friends, no cares in the world. And you ask yourself, it's like, I'm working so hard so I can go sit on a log and fish. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you probably could already do that if you really <laughs> wanted to. So let's maybe take a look at some of our priorities and where we're spending our time. And if you're holding your back from something that is going to bring you joy, what is the consequence of doing that right now? Wow. that That is so true everyone works so hard just to be able to get back to being able to sit back and, and relax with some friends and family and do a little bit of fishing for guys. Uh, all right. So Ben, you, you're, we've gone into this idea of fear and, uh, you know, commitments and the hows, the what's the why's, you really get into specifically in your area of leadership around building a career, uh, around building and creating the career that you want. What are some of the things that you see on that side that you're able to teach and train people in that really make a difference for people as they're trying to, as they're trying to figure out, should I, can I, what do I do to, to advance in my career. Mm -hmm. So there's all the technical stuff, like how to be a better leader, executive communication, presence, get feedback, coaching, delegation, etc. All that stuff's well, fine and good and such. But if you haven't actually figured out what you want to achieve, so going back to the clarity piece, then it doesn't really make sense to start with the skills before the vision. So you have to start off with really defining why you want to be that leader, why you want to operate within the space that you're in. What are some of the goals that you want to achieve, the milestones in your career? So think back on a time where maybe you're kind of near the end of your, or think forwards on a time where maybe you're at the end of your career. What is it that you want to have achieved? What impact do you want to have on the people around you, your organizations you're a part of, or yourself or your community, or your family, and define some actual goals and what tends to hold people back outside of not actually defining those goals is not believing in themselves, not believing that it's possible. Mm -hmm. So having, oh, I can't, I can't have that type of life because I'm not going to have any time to myself or to my family. It's crazy hours. I can't do that. Or I'm not that skilled. I can't do that. And confidence tends to have two specific pieces. It's the belief in yourself and the belief in your skills. The one that's more important is the belief in yourself, because I'm sure you know some people that don't have a lot of skills, but have a lot of confidence. Yeah. And absolutely. if we can believe in ourselves, then we have that empowerment piece that I told you about. If we have the clarity, then we have that level of accountability. The third piece is that you have to be proactively creating the environment that serves both of those. So an environment that builds confidence within yourself and an environment that helps you work towards your goals. The problem that I see especially with people that have achieved success by reacting instead of being proactive is they have a community around themselves that does not align with what they're trying to achieve. So maybe people that are acting in a way that is destructive, or maybe they uh, have, uh, maybe they spend their time in places that aren't actually aligned with the goals that they're trying to achieve. So depending on what industry you want to be a part of, you don't really spend much time there. Maybe they intake information doesn't relate to the things that they truly care about. Like, for example, if you're trying to be successful in your career and all you watch all day is Sports Center, good luck. So there's a big difference about around the media that you consume as well. I mean, I'm happy that you're listening to your podcast, this podcast, but what else are you listening to? What else are you reading? One of the other best things you can cut out other than social media is the news. It's destructive. I second that motion. And so when, when people ask, why am I not successful? I take a look and I say, well, have you defined what you, why you want to achieve something? Have you defined the goals to get there? Have you set deadlines and dates? Have you figured out the number one levers that you can pull to create progress? I know, I know for example, if I had to only do only work for 20 minutes a day, I could keep up the revenue that I'm currently earning in my coaching practice outside of client calls. 
because I know it works. Right. And then I'd say, are you holding yourself back? What what are you not doing? What actions are you not taking because you don't believe you have permission? Or you don't believe in yourself enough. So we have to get rid of that. We have to create confidence. So you take those actions. And then where are you spending your time? Because where you spend your time, who you spend your time with, what media and information you consume will dictate your level of success as well. Hmm. And so that relates directly, honestly, to a lot of things in your life, but especially your career, all the get your resume done, LinkedIn profile done, (laughs) right, find your executive presence, you can hire someone for that, right? That's I do that kind of stuff. The but do you do you have do you feel that you have permission to go reach out to the CEO of the company that you want to work for? Wow, that's yeah. And most people would say, uh, no, I can't reach out to the CEO. He's too busy. She's 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 too busy. I've, I've made all these pivots in these different industries because when I make a commitment to go into that industry, it's relentless. Mm-hmm. What organizations and associations are out there? What people are operating in the space of organizations that I truly care about? What media can I start consuming? What podcast hosts can I reach out to? What books can I read? And so do you have that level? Are you giving yourself that level of permission for what you want to achieve in your life? And honestly, most of the, most of the time, people that I've noticed like don't. People that sign up for programs, they got it. They they had a lot of momentum to their life because they're doing that. And if you ask any successful person how they did it, they probably would relate some of these lessons back to you. So right now we're talking about, you know, most people would be afraid to reach out to their CEO because most people don't believe that they actually have control or the ability to control aspects of their life. They think that there's somehow a lottery that maybe if I keep doing my, these things, my number will come up at some point. And, and there's, we talked about the fear that is there for people with regards to all sorts of areas, whether it's entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, uh, family, any of these kind of things. So, so now we're we're looking at someone's in there there's there's some things that they can do i.e look look at the end of your career look at how you'd like it to to happen but now i want to flip this around if i could i want to do a complete about faith and ask you about your career you as a leader you as a trainer just as we're coming here close to the end what are some of the weaknesses or fears that you are encountering or dealing with in in for you and your career and what you're what you're trying to build what are some of the things that you're dealing with i think something that i've learned over the years which has integrated itself into my program and why i teach what i teach is instead of looking for reasons to say no i look for reasons to say yes and so if, uh, and you see this a lot with people that are looking for a new job, they read a job description. Like, why are you reading a job description? Look at the title, look at the organization, find a way to apply for it. They read it to look for reasons to say, no, I'm not qualified for this. Yeah. But someone wants a promotion. Oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready. I have to do this project first. So they don't apply for it. And so in my career, I've learned to look for reasons to say yes instead of no. I figure out what I want to go after and then I go after it. For the almost 30,000 connections that I have on LinkedIn, I probably sent out 150,000. Who knows what that number is? I don't care what that number is because I care about the 30,000. Yeah. For all the podcasts that I've been a guest on, there's probably 10 times that I was not, that no one replied to me for. Right. And, and so the struggle that I have right now is I think a little bit of like, personally, I think I've accomplished what I've strived to, to go after. Yes. And so I'm constantly looking for new challenges. I'm constantly looking for what is my ideal. Because what's beautiful about this and going back to this, how do you get clarity? Well, first you figure out the general vicinity that you want to hang out in. And then you go hang out in that area. And you have some conversations you go exploring. And then you figure out, well, I don't really like that area over there. I like this area. And so, and then you go over there and you start having conversations. You go, well, I thought I liked this, but I didn't. I'm going to go over here. Yes. And so you're constantly narrowing down what you want to create within your professional life. And so, for example, like this, I told you, I went for better for UCPG uh, industry. And so I started mentoring within that space, talking to 
clients within that space. I got some coaching clients. I started doing some workshops. I started exploring it. And that kind of led me down the path towards more of mental health and psychedelics. And now I'm talking to people in that space, interviewing people in that space. Because I operate there, I end up getting some clients in that space. Wherever you spend some time is where you're going to grow. Right? If you plant a seed and water it, then all of a sudden you're going to, the plant's going to come from there. But if you don't want to be there anymore, you can actually go plant yourself somewhere else and you still have the plant in the other industry too. So it's actually kind of beautiful that it's never really a sunk cost unless you're rebranding yourself and changing the offering that you're providing, especially if you show up consistently with your values and your brand. So right now it's more so where do I want to spend my time and who are the people that I want to spend my time with? That's my biggest struggle at the moment. Wow. Wow, that's such a great question. Uh, I think I think all of us can take something from that. You know, where do you want to spend your time? Who do you want to spend your time with? And what I'm uh, what I'm going to share, actually what I'll share with you is as as you grow as a person, that will change. It's natural for that to change. And I find a lot of people feel that they need to keep it the same. Oh no, this is what I've been doing and this is who I've been spending time with. So therefore I have to keep doing that. And you can give yourself a little bit of space, a little bit of grace, a little bit of mercy and realize that you're growing as a person and you are, you may want something new, something different. Maybe adventure is something that uh, lights you up and you're looking for that next adventure and give yourself a little bit of space to explore it. And one of the best things you could do is actually explore something new each month. Oh, yes. Go to, yeah. Go to an yeah. event you wouldn't normally have gone to. Go try to learn a skill that you don't have. Go spend time at, with a community of individuals that you never would really spend time with. Just to get out of your bubble. Yes. Yes. Get out of your bubble. Come on, guys. Get out of your bubble. That's uh, if there, I think if there was a message today, it, it was really about getting out of your bubble. And so if people want to uh, get out of their bubble and they want to get into your bubble, where do they, where are the best places for people to find you? Yeah. Check out all our content at liveforyourselfconsulting.com or lfyconsulting.com and then connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you heard me here and I'll start a conversation. Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Love it. Love it. Uh, I love this conversation. Uh, I know that we've got to let you go. Uh, ben is Dr. Benjamin Ritter is off to uh, another appointment. So we're, we're glad that you were able to give us uh, some moments of your time, actually a, a solid hour. So really appreciate that. And uh, guys, please go check him out. Uh, go find him, go learn some of his more material and ultimately, you know, shorten that learning curve to building wealth in your own life. So uh, ben, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. And I will not be going swimming after this episode. <laughs> Avoiding sharks. Well, at least I know if you and I go swimming, uh, we'll keep one another company because we're both terrified of getting out of the pool and being by ourselves. So <laughs> love it. All right, guys, that's another episode of the Leadership Wealth Podcast. We'll see you guys next week.